This is episode 27 of the Home and Family Culture Podcast. I'm Jody Chafee. In this episode, I interviewed Jeannie Siskometh. Welcome to the Home and Family Culture Podcast, where I discuss how families can discover and design their collective vision, values, beliefs, and traditions that influence their family culture. In this podcast, I interview experts who offer tips and tools to inspire families in this process of developing their family culture, and also successful individuals whose success was influenced by their family culture growing up. Be sure to check out the show notes for this and every episode at homeandfamilyculture.com, where you can subscribe for my weekly newsletter filled with updates on the podcast and blog, as well as other tidbits of information I like to add. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, or YouTube. Please subscribe to your favorite medium. You can also find me on social media at Family Culture Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and at underscore Family Culture on Twitter. Be sure to comment, follow, like, rate, and share. But enough about all that. Let's get to the episode. Thank you for listening. Two-time best-selling author, professional speaker, experienced educator, and parent, Jeannie Sisko-Meth shares her scientifically proven system for improving communication and decreasing conflict. She has written articles for many magazines, been quoted in Forbes, and is a contributor for The Blaze. She has been a guest on radio stations across the country and locally on KSL. She has been seen on television on ABC4, Free Speech TV, and others. Welcome, Jeannie. So glad to have you. Thank you. And so you've mentioned in other platforms that you are, you teach. You're a professor out in Utah? I am at Utah Valley University. I do some teacher okay. classes there, but I was a high school educator for 17 years. And so in 2012, I transitioned from the classroom to the stage with my Bully Proofing You program. Awesome. So tell us some inspiration behind that Bully Proofing You program. How'd you get started? Well, I was severely bullied as a young child. I was told in elementary school I would never make it to high school. I was too dumb. I had quite a few learning disabilities. And it at the time, it hurt, and it was difficult. But now, looking back, it was the absolute perfect thing they could say to me because it got my dander up, so to speak. Uh (laughs) And I was like, I will do this. You don't decide. I decide. Uh And, and And so it really really made a difference and helped propel me. It gave me the fuel, you know, to get me going. And so I decided in high school to become a high school teacher. And then as a high school teacher, I spent many years at an alternative high setting. So students who were in gangs and they had drug Mm -hmm. issues, they were in courts. I saw that bully every day and what it can do for people who don't use it as the fuel. To, to chase their dreams mm. and they let it beat them down. And, and so I developed mm. a program that I helped students with. And then from then it was just, how can I reach more people? And that's when I transitioned to the stage. So what is the mission? What is your ultimate goal and your mission? What do you ultimately want your message to come across as? I want, I never ever want to hear of another person committing suicide 
because they don't like themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that is what is, is propelling the fuel for my current book, which is called Taming the Bully Between Your Ears. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that the bully between our ears is much worse than our external bullies. And, you know, so my first book, Bully Proofing You, is about taming, some taming of the internal bullies, and then steps on how to tame the external bullies. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, this book, The Taming the Bully Between Your Ears, is a lot about my journey and how I tamed my bullies. Oh. So I could write that first book. <laughs> right? You know, it was difficult. I'd sit down to write and I could hear my English teacher's voice in my head and you know, all those naysayers are saying, you're too stupid. Mm. And then I came up with a, a mantra that was, there's spell check, there's spell check, <laughs> there's editors, there's, you know, and so just one step at a time, take it, sitting down and writing and taking the program that I had developed and putting it on paper so I could help more people was, I, I had to tame my bullies or it never would have happened. So how do you, how do you in, instruct parents and teachers how to model that kind of, you know, taming that voice? What can we do to, to model that? That's a great question. And one that is amazing. My children are older now, so I love seeing it in them. And one of the best things was I have pretty long hair and I can get some pretty crazy bedheads sometimes. (laughs) And I used to walk in front of a mirror and I don't wear makeup all the time. You know, I mean... And so I'd walk in front of a mirror and I'd go, oh my gosh, I'm gaining weight. Oh, my hair's a mess. Oh my God. Right. And I start beating myself up. And I'm like, wait a minute. Because I, I heard my daughter doing it too. Yeah. And I was like, hold on. Okay. I'm starting to get goosebumps. <laughs> I love goosebumps. Uh-huh. And so I start, I learned how to walk in front of a mirror or the reflection on a, on a window or something. I'd be, Hey, check that out. I worked on that bed head all night long, man. Look at that. <laughs> you know? And so instead of negating myself or, you know, we'd go to walk into the store and you see the door and you're like, dun, 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 dun. you make your little awesome move <laughs> and you know, Hey, the door's open just for me. I have arrived. So modeling those things and and your kids get involved with it. Now, if they're a little bit older, they're going to roll their eyes and go, oh, mom. But they love it. It sinks in. Yeah. And and then when you see them do it, oh, oh, okay, that's amazing. Yeah. And the same is true. When I first became a teacher, I was not a very good teacher. I was a regurgitator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I would go home and I would write all my notes out. I don't know if you know, remember overheads. You may be way too young mm. to remember overheads. No, I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would go home and write out all my notes on overheads because I was so afraid to make a mistake on the board. Mm. And a student would ask a question. It would be a great question, but I'd be afraid to answer it because I didn't want to write on the board. And finally, about my third year of teaching, I'm like, hey, um, I got a confession to make. I can't spell. I have dyslexia, not only visual, but auditory dyslexia. And so when I ask you to repeat something, it's not because you said anything wrong. It's just it got garbled in my head. And I'm going to write things on the board that are wrong sometimes, and we're just going to keep moving forward. That's when I started becoming a teacher. Wow. It was when I became real and I said, Hey, you know what? I got issues too. And then I was human. And that's when I started becoming a teacher. Wow. And I'm sure that that authenticity really resonated with kids going, Whoa, she's, 
she <laughs> probably struggles with the same things I do. Yeah. And yet here she is in front of us and, and has graduated, has gone through college, or, you know, whatever it is, their yeah. goals may be, you know, yeah. they, they look at you and go, that's amazing. You know, then you become their hero. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it it did make me more real. And I think that's part of the reason that they, that I still have students, I haven't taught since 2012 in the classroom, but I'm still close with them. In fact, I just went to dinner with one of my former students the other night. They're on Facebook. They comment, you know, and, and I've started doing Facebook lives and my students jump on and they're like, we miss you so much. We love you. And so, and I think it really does go back to what you were just saying. I became human. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that I swore once in a while, which I'm trying really hard not to, <laughs> you know, and so, so, but that's where my students were, you know, my students, they swore that was life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they have issues, mm-hmm. you know, they're taking drugs to self-medicate not, you know, because everybody around them was. But so to be able to come in and say, hey, I have issues too. I have a potty mouth sometimes and I can't spell, but guess what? We've got a dictionary and we've got spell check. You know, I didn't always have spell check on my whiteboard, but we always had a dictionary, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So I could teach them the tools Mm -hmm. overcoming their obstacles instead of trying to say, there are no obstacles. We ignore obstacles. We face our obstacles and move through them. Yeah. When you can show your students that, hey, I have issues too. I have bedhead in the morning. I have, you know, or you'd run in, I'd run into them in the grocery store and they'd be like, Chidi! you know, and so you're, you're human. And yeah. when you show that to people, I think they real, they get, they know that's real. Yeah. They know that's authentic. So what are some tools and tips for co- teaching kids these coping skills? Because that's what it sounds like to me is, is like you are teaching and modeling for them how to cope with these challenges and what some may label as failure or potential failure or things like that, that it's like, that's okay. It's okay to be unper- imperfect because nobody's perfect. And so I think that that's, that, those, that sounds like a coping mechanism for me, to me, that Yes, we're imperfect. Yes, we have flaws. Yes, we have challenges. But let me mo- model for you how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. so what are some other uh, t- coping tools that, that you can suggest? So one of the best things is if you're a parent, if you have children, um, I know that's a big worry. Is my child being bullied? You know, And so one of the best things that I learned from Jim Fay and Foster Klein, Love and Logic, um, I got quite a bit of knowledge. My book is a compilation of all of my learning to become a better teacher and a better parent. Mm-hmm. And I got quite a bit of knowledge from Love and Logic. And one of their lines that they taught me that I use still is when your child or your student comes in and says, Sally called me, you know, and says a name, fat, ugly, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all there, right? Stupid. The line is, aren't you glad I don't believe that? Aren't you glad I don't believe that? Because what happens is your child comes in and says, oh, so-and-so bullied me. Oh, no, honey, you're so smart. You're beautiful. You're intelligent. And as a parent, you want to, you know, assuage that fear. But the problem Mm -hmm. is, is subconsciously, the child is going, whoa, mom just spent five minutes telling me I'm beautiful. I must be a huge wreck. 
(laughs) don't think of they have a choice. Whereas when you say, aren't you glad I don't believe that, that triggers in them the response of, wait, I have a choice? You mean I can decide what I believe? And I do an activity in many of my youth group presentations and school school trainings. I do them all over the country where we do an exercise that drives at home very, very poignantly how you decide what labels get stuck to you, yeah. not someone else. So let aren't you glad I don't believe that? And then just let it go. When I first started using it, I would have to walk out of the room. <laughs> Because my natural instinct, you know, the first time I used it, I would say, aren't you glad I don't believe that? And then I'd launch into, you're so beautiful, you're incredible, you're smart. And then it would negate it. Right. So then I would say, aren't you glad I don't believe that? And then I'd leave the room. (laughs) (laughs) Or just give him a hug or something. (laughs) Right, you know. Keep your mouth. <laughs> Just zip it. <laughs> and and watch your child. You'll see it. Your child's, you know, you can see what somebody's thinking. They'll be like, oh, wait a minute. I have, you mean I decide? Right. Yeah, you decide. That reminds so, me a lot of the Max Lucado book, The You Are Special. Have you seen that I one? I haven't read that one, huh? Oh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Because it's like that where it's these, okay, so... It's about these wooden people called Wemmicks, and they just go around sticking stars on on the other people who are good, do something good, or dots when they do something that's that they interpret as bad. And okay. so the main character, he met somebody who didn't have any dots or or stars on her, and she said, "What do you do? What, how do you <laughs> how do you not have any dots or stickers?" And some people would give her dots because she didn't have any stars, and some people would give her stars because she didn't have any dots. And so it was all predicated, though, on these other people's opinions, right? Yeah. Well, this person that he met that didn't have any dots or stars, she said, "Well, I go meet the maker every day, and he tells me that I'm special and that I don't have to listen to what those other women say." Oh, and so it's a really beautiful story because, and then he goes and meets the maker and that created, you know, carved all yeah. these women people, you know, and he said, well, all that matters is what I think of you. And I think you're special. And he's like, whoa, the maker thinks I'm special. <laughs> and then a dot falls off, you know? And yeah. so it's just, it's almost like, you know, what you're saying and learning how to go, well, I, ha- I have a choice of whether or not to believe these things then you can like imagine that right. those those labels and things just falling off and that what really is inherent about you is what's really important and what's really special absolutely and and even you know knowing where you come from is also a big part of that too i think you know if, yeah. whether you have a religious belief you know i think that it's important to at least have some inherent idea that you are here for a greater purpose right and and that uh, and that you are unique and that you have an important role. So yes, absolutely. That's, I really like that line though. Well, aren't you glad I don't believe that? Yeah. yeah. That's great to teach our kids that concept. You can choose. Yes, can choose. absolutely. Yeah. The first three chapters of my book deal with, I love myself. You know, that starting it, the tagline for my book is improving confidence and personal value from the inside out. Because when I believe in me, it doesn't matter if somebody tries to stick something on me, 
I don't believe it. Like you're saying, it falls off. Yeah. And so, and so that's so important. That foundation, I use a pyramid um, as, as part of my brand. And that foundation is, is personal value. Mm-hmm. When I believe in me, when I love me, then it works. I, when I'm on stage, a lot of times I'll say, how do you like my purple dress? And I won't have a purple dress on. And it's so funny because they all look at me like, what? what? And I'm like, exactly. When you know you have a red dress on and someone calls it purple, it doesn't matter. You know that it's red. Yeah. They're the ones that are confused, not you. And it's the same with when I believe I'm smart, when I believe I'm special, and someone tells me I'm not, they're the ones that are confused, not me. The biggest thing to remember is that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And so when somebody is saying something to you, they're trying to hurt you, not because, you know, but it's because they hurt. Yeah. Nothing to do with you other than that. They want to bring you down. They want to make you hurt because they hurt. Yeah. My mom used to tell me people who are a problem have a problem. Mm-hmm. I remember that stuck with me once since I was a yeah. kid. That, oh, really? I, and so it kind of gives you a little bit of empathy maybe to think yeah. maybe they have a problem too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's what the second part of my book has to do with why do people bully? And it gives a perspective shift to hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so in the midst of somebody attacking you or somebody saying something to you, if you contain your own bullies <laughs> in your head and remember that hurt people, hurt people and love them. Love the people, love them, show them love and respect. And then it goes through some very, in the, in the other part of the book, it goes through some very specific planned responses that you can use so that you can stop the bullying attack, but you don't attack the other person. Mm-hmm. So many programs have to do with attacking the other person and putting the other person in their place. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah. Or give as good as your get, right? No, give love, give yeah. love. That person is hurting and you need to remember they're hurting. And so it goes through um, the best, the best one. I don't know how much more time we have. Do you have time for me to t- tell you a quick, yeah. quick one? Okay, perfect. So one scenario that I talk about in the book, and it's written for high school, middle, high, and high school students. So most of the scenarios have to do with school, but you can obviously switch the scenarios any way you want. So let's say you get to school and you're walking into the school building and somebody tells you your outfit, that's the stupidest outfit I've ever seen. I've had that happen to me before. <laughs> I grew up on a dairy farm and then I moved Aww. to the city and I still liked my overalls. <laughs> so you walk into school and like, that's the stupidest outfit I've ever seen. First of all, you got to remember, hey, I like this. This is what I'm wearing. Hurt people hurt people. And so then you ask a question because we're raised to answer questions, right? Mm-hmm. So you can say, hey, what time did you get to school today? Because when somebody is hurting, they're reacting, they're in their reactive brain, the reptilian brain, their brainstem, mm-hmm. there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of names for it, but they're not thinking. Yeah. They're not in their thinking brain. When you ask them a question, they move into their right mind, so to speak, their thinking mm-hmm. brain. So they go from pain and hurt to focusing on, well, what time did I get here? Mm-hmm. Right? 
Or you can ask them, hey, what's your first class or what's your favorite class or, you know, what's for lunch today? But it it shifts. Um, you can use it kind of like NLP. Tony Robbins talks a lot about that pattern interrupt. And so by asking that question, it's a pattern interrupt for Mm -hmm. them. And Mm -hmm. it bumps them off of, I'm going to hurt somebody, which is not a conscious thought. It's absolutely subconscious. Mm -hmm. But it bumps them into thinking, and then they're like, oh, and it will move them. Mm -hmm. And so my book goes through very specific steps on how to do that. Because you have to get up to that stage. You know, when, when emotion is high, intelligence is low. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had somebody say something to you and then like two hours later you come up with a response? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it now. Yeah. Because in that moment, you're emotional. You feel that emotion come up, your brain yeah. shuts off, you go into your fight or flight and you can't think. Yeah. And so you need some preparation time to learn how to be able to see the attack coming, stop, stay in your in your brain and process mm-hmm. things and still allow the emotion to pass through. And so my book takes you through those steps and how to gradually build up to that. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a powerful tool to learn. <laughs> awesome. So what can parents do, number one, if they recognize, well... Let me go back. How can parents recognize if their kids are being bullied? If they are hurting other people, if they are saying bad things about themselves, mm-hmm. um, if they are, if you have a pet and they're starting to be mean to the pet, mm-hmm. um, that is an indicator. If they're starting to withdraw, the biggest thing is you can't just look at someone. People think that, hey, I can look at someone and and know that they're being bullied. No, that is not true. Not true at all. You have to listen to what they say. And the best thing is if you're a parent and you have a bully in your ears, your kids absolutely have a bully in their ears. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so make sure you're constantly building them up. Hey, I love that outfit. That looks so great. You look gorgeous in that, right? Mm-hmm. Or, wow, I really like the way you did your hair today. Or, wow, great job on your makeup. Or, you know, obviously your son may not wear makeup. Maybe he does. But anyways, <laughs> I had to stop and think for, you know, but hey, you know what? I heard you went to basketball practice today. Great job. Or hey, you got up on time today. Amazing. Nice job. So look for times to build your kids up. Hey, you brushed your teeth last night. Thank you so much. Most humans, in fact, 98.99% are immediately, we're always trained to look for fault. That's our survival brain. Hmm. So we see what's wrong. But then if you can train yourself to see what's right and you can walk in the door after work and you see, you know, your kid's coat and your kid's backpack and shoes kicked off and you go, oh, man. Okay, I'm getting these folks. <laughs> oh, man, my kids are home. I'm so glad my kids are home. Kids, I'm home. Come give me a hug. Right? Right. Instead of whose coat is this? Why is this mm. backpack here? Pick up. Right? Yeah. Because then... Then it's, oh, mom's home. I mean, okay, I'm getting goosebumps again. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> mom's home. I'm so excited. Mom's home. And then you get a hug and you love on them and you find out what's going on. And then you say, oh, hey, since you're up here, could you put your backpack and your shoes away? Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. I appreciate you helping me keep our house in order. 
because it's our house and we live here and it's our responsibility. When my son, he's, he's 19 now, but when my son was young, he, well, it still is true because he moved back home because of a basketball injury. He's six mm. foot nine. <laughs> so oh, wow. it's story again. <laughs> but um, it was to take out the trash. And he's about eight and a half. And he's like, Mom, I hate taking out the trash. I'm like, but buddy, if you didn't take out the trash, we would be buried in trash. Oh, we'd be buried in trash. I hate trash. <laughs> then you start running around. I get a little crazy. I'm a very animated person. <laughs> and my it. son's laughing. He's like, you're so weird, mom. And then he takes out the trash, right? right? <laughs> well, humor diffuses so much stress, yeah. I think. It's so, it's such a great tool. <laughs> Absolutely. I have, that has been my drug of choice humor mm. nice <laughs> humor and just making fun and and enjoying life that's so awesome so how can we recognize if our kids are being bullies so uh, if if you are afraid your child is a bully your child's not a bully hmm. <laughs> okay. because um, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And the question to ask is to look at yourself as the parent. Okay. Are you a bully? Are you hurting? If you are, then your child probably is too. Mm -hmm. So often we look at others and, and say, Oh, my child's a bully. What do I do? Guess what? Point the finger back at yourself. Oh, look, my child's bully proof. Awesome. That means you are too. Right. You know, so tame your bullies. Teach your children, hey, guess what I said today? I noticed that I told myself I had horrible hair and I said, stop it. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am magnificent. So let, let your children see how you cope with those things. Yeah. So often we do those coping skills behind closed doors. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? Your kids only see the blow up. So if, so show the coping in open too. And so if you're afraid your child is a bully, he's probably not a bully. Right. <laughs> if you're a bully, guess what? Your kid's a bully. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's a hard thing to look at. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I recommend is carry a piece of paper. I used to give my students, and a lot of times when I'm doing a training, I'll give them those little tiny flip notebooks, the ones that'll fit in your pocket. Uh -huh. Carry it with you. And every day, pick a time. I usually set it on my, I have a watch that'll beep every hour. And when that beep goes off, what am I thinking? Mm -hmm. I write it down. What am I thinking? I write it down. And then at the end of the day, I look. How many of them were negative and mm -hmm. how many of them were positive? And sometimes they'll be like, I need to go to the grocery store. Right. <laughs> but sometimes it's, oh my gosh, you just screwed up. I can't believe you did that. You're so stupid. Whoa, I'm glad I caught that one. Wow. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, journal and write, okay, what was positive? What was negative? Mm -hmm. And if your negative is outweighing your positive, your kids are struggling mm -hmm. because you're struggling. So start shifting that so you have many, many more mm -hmm. positive than you do negative. That's awesome. I like the idea of disrupting the day and going, like you said, the Tony Robbins thing. And that's another one about um, learning to change your habits is that there's a trigger and then a behavior and then a reward. Well, if you notice the trigger, then you can change the behavior and still get a reward somehow, you know? And so Absolutely. it's like, you know, you have to be able to, to catch it though. You have to be able to catch that trigger and what it is. And I love that, that idea of being able to keep track of how many times you 
you know, your internal dialogue and what it's, yeah. what is going on. That's a big deal. And I love that what you said too, about that, if we are struggling, then our kids are struggling. And because so many people, I think, you know, I just, I'm, I've almost finished with reading this book called the, um, the awakened family. Mm. And that's all about, um, you know, being present and being able to, and, and a lot of what she says is if you notice something in your child, then you need to examine yourself. Yeah. And so, and that, cause it's, it's true. It's true. We model for our kids, what is, what is normal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's like, well, we need to examine that what is normal and decide whether that's really okay or not, <laughs> you know, right. or, or what we can work on to improve the situation. Right. So, so many times people think that, or they know negative comments are bad. And so they don't remember them. Mm -hmm. So by keeping track, you realize, oh, wait, that was a negative thought. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just try to, at the end of the day, go back and journal, you've probably erased your negative comments from your mind, or Mm -hmm. they've moved into your subconscious. They're still there, but they're not conscious anymore. So by capturing them during the day, at the end of the day, you can go, oh my goodness you get a much better picture. Yeah. And that's, that's, you want to catch it before it becomes your subconscious because then when they become like a part of you, (laughs) I think, you know, so many times we, we learn things. I'm like, well, I'm not going to remember that. But if I've, if I've processed it, it actually becomes a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so, and that goes both ways, both negative and positive. So that's, yeah. Yeah. The other thing, you know, you asked, how do parents know? Listen to your kids' music. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of parents, I know in my house, um, we used to have our kids wear headphones because I'd be working in my office or whatever, and a blast of music would go by, and it would disturb me. And so they started, we started having them wear headphones. We don't do that anymore because I want to hear what they're hearing. Yeah. So much music is angry and, you know, um, horrible treatment of women, horrible treatment of men talking. So listen to your kids' music and find out what, you know, I, I have a, a friend who lets her nine-year-old son play M games. And it just, I totally disagree with that. Let's just, mm-hmm. I disagree, you know, and, and then she comes to me and says, I don't understand why my son's so violent. Really? You don't? <laughs> Let me give you a clue. <laughs> you know, so oh. look, at, look at what they're watching, you know, what you listen to, what you hear. Music takes things directly into your subconscious. Mm-hmm. There is no filter. Mm-hmm. That's why in the morning I say my declarations to music. <laughs> I say my positive affirmations to music because it takes it right into my subconscious. So if I'm listening to horrible, and and I'm thinking specifically of the music my students used to listen to, Mm -hmm. horrible, horrible lyrics, and and it takes it directly into the subconscious. And then, you you know, if you're listening to lyrics that talk about drug use, if you're listening to lyrics about killing people, if you're listening to lyrics about being a bully, it doesn't call it a bully, it calls it a gangsta, right? (laughs) If you're listening to those things, guess what? You will be doing them soon. Wow. You will. And Mm -hmm. I I spend a whole hour in my presentation on comfort zone and how we bring things in and how we kick things out because that's what happens. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. Yeah. You got to create boundaries for the negative stuff. Absolutely. That's so awesome. Wow. Thank you so much, Jeannie. This has been really awesome. 
what is your final, what would be your final tip or thought for parents who, you know, want to, I want to say that, that want to learn better about how to tame that bully within themselves? Obviously, I'm going to say get my book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you go, if you go to Amazon and get the book, then send me an email, and I'm going to give you the workbook for free. The workbook usually sells for twenty bucks, nineteen ninety nine, but I'm going to send yeah. it to you a digital version, absolutely free. So all they have to do is say, "Hey, Jeannie, I heard you on Jody's podcast. Please, I'd love to have my my free workbook." And and I'm going to leave that open for as long as your podcast is up. And so anybody who wants to send me an email, I'll get you that workbook. The other thing is pay attention to you. Pay attention to you. There are so, there are so many books. I have a, a library. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so a lot, you know, and I'm currently writing my second book. So if you also let me know, hey, I'm interested in your second book, I'll make sure you get on that mailer and you get a good discount as well. Um, but there's so, so many books my library is full of them. And what's, what's one that you would, you would put at the top of your list? The Bible. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, the Bible. I think another one is Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. Absolutely love that one. Mm. Um, another one, Holian Hills, Think and Grow Rich. Okay. Um, the key word being think. There's so many. Uh, Jim Rohn, Dennis Waitley. Um, the more current ones, T. Harv Ecker, absolutely love his programs. Um, Johnny Cass is someone I'm working with right now. He's a mentor of mine for NLP, that okay. neuro linguistic programming. Okay. Um, so there, another another coach of mine is Bridget Cook. Um, she's helping me with my writing. She is a master in the writing. So. Um, there's so many, so many books mm. and people. So the excuse of, well, where do I turn? That's get on Google. Right. Type it in and it'll come up. Yeah. You know, Google it. It's there. There's so much there. Yeah. Just pick one. Yeah, pick <laughs> you know, one sometimes you feel action. overwhelmed and it's like, just pick one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it pick it one. might lead, it might resonate with you. It might not, but it might lead right. you to something else that, right. that will serve right. you. Good point. If I used to think that if I picked up a book, I had to finish it. Mm. Now I don't anymore. I pick it up. If it doesn't resonate with me, it's okay. That's just not my book. I pick up another one. And so, you know, pick up a book. If it resonates with you, awesome. Keep reading it. Two or three times a year, I will read a book that does not resonate with me just because I want to see how other people think. Mm. You know, and, and I'll pick, I pick people who think differently than me so that I can think just, just to challenge what I'm thinking, what I'm believing, Mm -hmm. because it, it helps me. Okay. If I have references, if, if somebody asks me a question and argues with me, do I have references that I can immediately pull up and say, yeah, this is why I believe what I believe. Mm. And I keep that faith or that belief. If I don't, then it's time to change that belief or faith. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeannie. Oh, absolutely. I will have a link to your URL in my show notes, but can you tell us really quick what that is? I think you have a few. (laughs) (laughs) How we can can reach you. (laughs) Yeah, bullyproofingyou.com. Is, is or Jeannie Cisco meth. And that's just like computers and drugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Jeannie is one. N. <laughs> so if you type in Cisco meth, I am proud to say I am the only Cisco meth on the internet. <laughs> that's awesome. 
there's not a lot of people who can say that, you know, I'm the only one you'll find me. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So computers and drugs, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, wonderful. Well, this has been a delight. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your work and the, this, this, this message is really awesome. And I'm, I'm grateful to have this opportunity to help spread your word. I am grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out for me and just thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. Thank you so much, Jeannie. I love talking with Jeannie. She has so much energy and so much love. What a great person. And I love meeting her and talking with her and such a powerful and important message that we learn to cope and tame the bully inside our own heads. I love it. It's so amazing. Please go to homeandfamilyculture.com to check out the show notes for this episode and the links to those books that we talked about, especially Jeannie's book, Bully Proofing You. If you go and purchase that book and email Jeannie and let her know that you got it because you listened to this episode, she will send you the workbook for free. So that's an awesome, awesome tool. You can also go there, and I have uploaded a video reading Max Lucado's You Are Special, read by yours truly. So please go and check that out on the show notes, homeandfamilyculture.com. Please follow and share. You can subscribe to my newsletter and get updates on the podcast and on the blog. I really love to hear from you and your comments. And as you share and follow and like and rate and all those lovely, wonderful things, Thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support.